0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Ben Thomas. Today we're digging into Houses of Worship and how network connectivity has actually completely changed some of the ways that Houses of Worship are using streaming technology, signal distribution technology, uh, signal for their audio systems and to their PAs and video distribution in so many different ways. Uh, So I wanted to bring on somebody today who's a lot smarter than I am, and that's Mark Hanna from the Sony Faith Team over at Sony. Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate you having me. You know, Mark, you're one of the the newer team members over at the Sony team. So would love to hear a little bit about your story and how you kind of landed there before we dig in. So if you would, just give us a quick overview. How'd you end up landing and running the the House of Worship vertical over at Sony?
1: Sure luck. Uh, No, Uh, honestly, I I knew my predecessor a little bit from, uh, I used to write for a magazine and I had interviewed him for the magazine multiple times. And so we had a lot of common friends on that side of the house. And uh, when he decided, when Craig Harper's my predecessor, when he decided he wanted to retire, uh, he went looking for you know someone to succeed him in this role, and started talking to his network of people and was like you know who do you know who do you know who do you know? And fortunately, my name got thrown out, and uh, he and I had many many conversations between you know him getting my name and me actually applying for the job it was probably a six month period, but we had I don't know twenty hours of conversations, and in that six month period just going over what the job looked like, what the, uh, you know, if it was gonna happen, what, what this would mean, what the vertical was, you know, what do you know about the the faith market, that type of thing. And uh, being a tech director myself, that this is one of those that it's like, this is a dream job, right? Come on, I get to go work with churches and hear about what they're doing and, and hear their stories and talk with tech directors. and. I mean, come on, it's perfect.
0: So Mark, obviously network connectivity has totally impacted how we really create services these days, right? Uh, You know, you look at a lot of legacy systems. You look to, you know, SDI cables, maybe a little bit of fiber probably 10, 15 years ago. Obviously fiber is still very viable, right, but a little bit more enterprise. But especially when you look at that small to medium-sized church, the network connectivity and protocols like NDI, even some Dante, things like that, are such a critical part of their workflows what are some of the ways that you've seen that evolve
1: uh in my time i you know obviously dante coming into its own uh I, I was tech director 15 years ago it's been a while but um you know dante had just come into its own when when i was leaving and so that's seeing that come into more of you know mainstream as it were like i said it's getting to the point now where if you're not a network administrator you, you can't be an audio engineer because you have to know how the network is set up and how to patch it and things like that to be able to work stuff like Dante.
0: well what, wanted to ask a question too kind of in that same note right the the ip side of the world historically has not been something that the creative team and i'll i'll even say the media director folks it depends on where your media director lives your tech director have typically skewed a little bit more creative and not as much on the infrastructure side, which requires the IT teams the network security teams to have direct collaboration and correlation. What are some of the ways that you've seen tech directors in that IT world kind of come together?
1: Uh, It's interesting to me. It used to be you would see guys, uh, tech directors at churches would come in having some knowledge of audio or something like that. They'd have a background in some type of production. It's becoming far more common now for me to see the IT guy take over the tech department. So you have a guy who's trained in IT. This is what he knows, networks and and network security and that type of thing. And now he's responsible for audio, video, lighting and all that type of stuff because it's getting to the point that all of those need that. And so while I think that was less common, you know, when when I was originally getting in there, uh, into churches, It's becoming far more common now and becoming almost a requirement is that you have somebody on the team who's not just IT savvy, but like IT really savvy.
0: Well, I I agree. And one of the places, ironically enough, that you, well, at least for myself, I look to see what technologies are coming in the future is Chalces of Worship, right? Mm -hmm. Because they found a really good way to scale technology. They found a great way to leverage existing technologies to maybe grow in the future. But one of the challenges that comes with innovation is that You know there is this adoption curve right but sometimes the incumbent is still necessary right this is one of the questions i get all the time and i'm going to kick this to you because it's a hard question to answer uh sorry for putting you on the spot (laughs) but let's talk traditional sdi fiber workflows versus network right i think it's flashy and trendy albeit effective to try and go to a full network-based workflow but what are some of the differences and some of the advantages versus maybe a traditional SDI fiber-type system versus a network-based system?
1: They're, they're easy to get up and running, right? I mean, rather than having to run SDI, if you had a building spec, there's a good chance you have a network system in the building, right? Running to server rooms and offices and things like that. So it's it's entirely possible that you already have a system ready to go in place just because, you know, you have a computer that needs to be somewhere. Whereas with SDI and, and some of the latent and older products, if you don't have something there, you get to pull cable. And depending on how your building was built, that could be a really interesting process.
0: Well, look, now I've got to ask the inverse question. And this is, uh, I tend to skew more, especially for, for medium to larger churches, using SDI and things like that and sprinkling in network as needed. But that's my opinion. You know, on your side of the world, What's, what's a lot of the value that you see with the, the traditional infrastructure systems like the SCIs? Well,
1: they're bulletproof. They're, they're, I mean, it, it's set and forget, you know, just, it's just bulletproof. That's all, that's all I can think to say about it, um, is once it's in, unless you've broken a cable or something, it just works. We were talking earlier, it's, it's one of those, and it's easy to fix in the event that something has broken. You know, I've, I've had to terminate cables during prayer before. And being able to terminate terminate an SDI cable during a prayer is one thing. Being able to terminate a network cable it might take a little more. It would take me a little bit longer. I can do an you SDI got those cable. That's right. Yeah. I can do an SDI cable like that. Network cable is going to take me a little bit. So, um, you know, just having that flexibility and and that end user, you know, being able to handle things is is huge. Network cables. If if you have an IT guy, chances are good they know how to terminate network cables. You know and but yeah you know so it's it's just more complicated that said you know it's it is easier in the fact that you know uh, what does network cable cost per foot versus sdi cost per foot right uh, network cable is pennies pennies on the foot versus sdi is probably closer to dollars on right. the foot um, so being able to have that lower initial cost of developing the infrastructure versus you know, an SDI infrastructure where it's gonna cost you a little bit more to get the cable there. Just the the proliferation of being able to get network cables, uh, I mean, they're just easy to get places, right? Uh, I've run them in my own house, right? From rooms to rooms just so that, I uh, because I had a dead Wi-Fi zone in the house. Okay, we'll, we'll run a cable to that spot, no problem. Uh, if I were trying to run an SDI or something else, like why, right. <laughs> why would I ever do that? Right. I, don't, I don't need that. But network cable is just there, right? And so being able to take advantage of an infrastructure that may already be in place that wasn't necessarily designed for this, but will work for this, uh, I think is huge.
0: Well, look, what's interesting in, in any conversation about House of Worship, I feel like this is important to bring up, is the volunteer workforce, right? You talk about SDI and a lot of those systems being more bulletproof, very predictable. That makes being a volunteer easier. As much as we... Like to train our volunteer base and things like that. There's a lot more variability with network connection, right? You change an IP address, you bring down an entire show. Correct, right? And, and I don't, I don't. It's obviously kind of a, a joke, but kind of not. Kind of right? not. And, no. And that's what's interesting. And I think that we battle from time to time. Is okay. How do we find that sweet spot of adapting new technology, leveraging existing technology, finding budgetary things that make sense? but also having that backbone for our volunteers because if you if you put a a volunteer in a situation that they're really uncomfortable in you're going to have probably a hard time retaining that volunteer in the long term but the more you set them up for success they're going to continue to grow talk about in your experience kind of some of that uh, those maybe challenges that you've run into with volunteers specifically on maybe some of the troubleshooting side and especially with some of those systems that are a little bit less predictable
1: we don't have time for the, for the stories that I can tell you about uh, volunteers having trouble troubleshooting, and th- this is one of those, I think the church world has has kind of gotten this a little bit more right uh, on the you know having staff people who are responsible for building, maintaining, care, and feeding of systems, but then setting those systems up in a way that it is easy for a volunteer to come in and succeed because it's it's reliable, it's repeatable, it's easy to just you know. We've set this in place, and you have one person who's done all the hard work to get it to a point that a volunteer can just come in and do just what they need to do. And, you know, I have volunteers that I trained to to run Switcher for our, our service have no idea how to program a Switcher, would have no idea how to go in and change something if something, you know, if they had to reroute a cable or reroute a connector or something like that, they would have no idea how to even make those changes on the Switcher. We're not making those changes every weekend, so it's not a problem. That, so they're set up to succeed in that I need you to sit here and here's the buttons you need to know and yes there's this whole section of the switcher over here don't touch this just don't touch ever. this ever <laughs> for for the same reason because as with IT networks because you can push one button and okay now everything is different and it's wrong and it's going to be hard to recover but as long as you don't push that button everything's fine and it's repeatable and you're in a position to succeed so uh, I think the church world in particular has done a good job of, of setting aside and building those uh, processes and procedures so that you have someone usually on staff who does the heavy lifting and is the rising tide that raises all the ships of the volunteers who can just come in and execute.
0: Yeah, well last question, and we talked a little bit about this before we, we went uh, live here. You know, one of the benefits, but probably the biggest challenge of network-based workflows is security right? Largely problems that you sort of a little bit run into with, you know, traditional workflows, but those for the most part are closed ecosystems, right? It's very difficult unless I patch into your rack for me to to jump in and uh, make a lot of changes, right? But but on the network side of things, the thing that most often gets missed is the security side or the the allotment side, right? If I'm a church and I hear, oh, I can plug in all my network cables to this, you know, uh, switcher router, whatever. I'm going to do that, but I probably haven't thought about, you know, okay, what are my bandwidth requirements? What are some of these challenges? What are some of those thought processes that folks should continue to go through as they worry about security and maybe some of the bandwidth challenges?
1: Oh man, uh, security on that is is huge. Uh, you know, as we were talking before, the uh, I remember a story a couple of years ago when a casino in L.A. got taken down by the aquarium thermometer because it was an IoT device which is as innocuous as unthreatening a device as you could have. It's an aquarium thermometer. Come on, big deal. But it allowed them to gain access to the network. Now, I don't think too many churches have to worry about, you know, aquarium thermometers being something. I mean, there's not as much a reason I can think of to hack a church as a casino. Uh, It's a much higher value target. (laughs) But the, the same thing still applies, right? If you can get into that, if you can get into a casino security through that, that should shine a spotlight on the fact that your network security is vulnerable to all kinds of things. And, you know, with a lot of churches, you know, maintaining the facilities and stuff, it's easy to put IOT devices on the network because there you go, I've got whatever it is I need a thermometer, you know, smoke detector, whatever it is and get all these different IOT devices on the network. And now you're choking down the network that you may want to be running your video over. And, you know, now you have the network as a servant of multiple masters and, you know, that that becomes problematic. And a lot of times it's, you know, you're thinking, hey, it's an IoT device. I'm going to go put this thermostat over here and not think anything of it and not think, oh, yeah, that's going to crash my camera over on the other side of the building because it's choked down, you know, the infrastructure.
0: Yeah. And then your, your whole kids' check-in system shut correct, down the, correct. because you're live-streaming your entire service. You're, yeah. And you're like,
1: what is, what's happening? Well, we I just were, moved to PTZ. That's right. We were printing fine <laughs> right up until you hit record. I don't know what happened then.
0: Yeah. But it, it is funny. We're laughing about it, but it's a very real challenge. It's <laughs> one that, that a lot of even broadcasters struggle with, right? Because, uh, you know, you'll have a partition system or network or whatever for streaming or for connected devices but you start to calculate a lot of that, those bandwidth challenges. It's a very real problem, especially as we're sending things like 4K signals. We talked about PTZs. Yep. Yep. We like those signals and we like them uncompressed, Absolutely. but the reality is most of the time, the network, unless it's set aside for that, can't handle it, can't handle right? It. And that That's goes right. to your device manager, your IT folks, increasingly the technical director, right? So it's, it's, it's a fine line that we have to walk.
1: Well, and not having those specific departments siloed away from each other, right? The IT guys and, and I've seen this in churches too, where the IT guy runs his side of the house and the, you know, tech guy runs his side of the house and never the twain shall meet. Right? Um, that's really, really not good. Well, you really a, want and security, right? Yes, it's right. A monitored security absolutely. system. Yeah, absolutely. You want to have all of those guys talking the same language and and even if it is, we're gonna you know partition these and we're gonna keep them away from each other, which I would suggest you still need to have someone who can go in and you know, liaise between those two things because at the end of the day, it's all gonna go back to the one cable coming into the building. And you know, you've, gotta, you've gotta manage that. Well, Mark, look, we appreciate you coming on today.
0: We tried to keep it pretty high level for a lot of folks out there. I know that there's a totally different you know, scale from there might be a tech director on staff, a volunteer might be the person in charge running the network there's so many different variables in the house of worship market. So I think hopefully our audience found something valuable today, but you know, as, as we kind of look toward the future, I'll give you the last word here. What would you say excites you most about not, we're not even talking necessarily it here, but what excites you most about uh, the, uh, the house of worship side of things?
1: The house of worship side of things. Well, the, the thing that has always impressed me about the the house of worship, the, the faith market is that they inevitably find creative ways to solve expensive problems. Yes. Um, and every time I get to visit a church and it's, you know, they're showing me what they're doing and inevitably it'll be something that they had a, a fit that they had to make because there was a very specific use case that they had, but they solved this problem by doing this. And it, it, it's one of those, you know, it's innocuous to them because they just solved the problem. Whereas from an outsider's perspective, you're like, no, that's brilliant. You don't understand how genius that is. And I find that in almost every church I go to. There is some little problem that they have, that they have found a creative solution for that is literally just brilliant. Um, and that, that's one of my favorite things about being in this job is being able to listen to those stories and see those experiences uh, with churches all over the U.S. Well, Mark
0: Hanna, we appreciate you coming in studio with us today and joining uh, Signal Flow. Appreciate it. Awesome. And thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and join us next time.